When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. And a very good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of Higher Ground. Monday, the 21st of February, three weeks and counting until the start of the new NRL season. Chris Warren with you for the next few hours as we sink our teeth into all the big issues of the day. Thanks for your company here at SEN's Late Night Sports Bar. So uh, pull up a stool, um, grab yourself a drink, make yourself nice and comfortable. And please, as always, feel free to join the conversation. Uh, the open line, it is now open. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 And so too is the text line. 0457 736 736. Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, million nights just like this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, million nights just like this Yes, indeed. Let's get straight down to uh, business. Uh, I've given you the text line. I've given you the open line number. Um, I haven't given you a topic as such. So why don't we start with this one? What about our higher ground? Quick quiz. So tonight's quiz, the question is this. All right, I want you to send through your answers. Uh, So tell me this. I want the names of the two players, rugby league players, and I don't think there were more than two. Surely there can't have been. But the two players from the weekend's pre-season trials who are third-generation players. So by that, I mean their father played first grade rugby league, and so too did their grandfather. All right, send them through. 0457 736 736. So, yeah, great to be back uh, in the higher ground uh, sports bar. A heap of NRL chat over the next few hours, and rightly so, hey? Um And I think one theme from the weekend's trials was that, you know, the Sons of Guns. Uh, Now they're spread so heavily across uh, all 16 teams, really. And one of them is on the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. The headline reads, New Model MG. Of course, referring to Boom Panthers youngster Maverick Geyer, the son of the original MG, Penrith, New South Wales, Kangaroos hard man, Mark MG Geyer. But the headline actually, I was thinking about this. It could have read this, MG Mark III. Mav's uncle is Melbourne Storm legend Matty Geyer. Yes, also an MG. But then you delve a little bit deeper, and the headline could also have read this, the next-gen MGs. Because it wasn't just Mark Geyer's young bloke, Maverick, playing his first uh, senior game. But it was also a first taste of senior football on the weekend for Matty Guy's son, Cole. I'm sure I'm right. Uh, we'll chat to Matty Guy a bit later on, hopefully. Now, he got a taste of the action for Melbourne Storm against the Warriors on the weekend. 
and I'm pleased to say, um, yeah, Maddie will join us uh, tonight on the show. I'm also going to uh, chat to Queensland great Steve Renoff as we uh, continue our regular um, higher ground segment, Queenslander. Uh, so I look forward to chatting uh, to the Pearl for the first time in 2022. And Sharkies fans, well, tune in. Tonight it's your team in focus as we continue our club-by-club preview ahead of the new NRL season. And that trial match uh, between the Knights and the Dogs, that has just wrapped up, so I'll get you up to speed on what happened uh, at McDonald Jones Stadium. We'll also wrap up the endless summer of cricket now that the uh, T20 series is done and dusted. Andrew Menzel from Cricket Unfiltered uh, will join us a bit later on to pour over all of the events of uh, the past few months. I mean, there's been so many storylines, haven't there? Just uh, you shake your head. Um, and most of them were, were off-field issues, or at least many of them were. And I guess from a news point of view, it's um, cricket's been the game that has just kept on giving in terms of headlines. So in November, uh, Aussie captain Tim Payne, he stepped down over a sexting um, scandal, which happened many years earlier. Pat Cummins was elevated to um, you know the plum leadership role, becoming, our, I think it was our 47th test captain. And he has done, he's done a remarkable job, hasn't he, Pat Cummins, in his first few months at the helm. Uh, but there were a lot of us scratching our heads about Steve Smith being appointed, uh, you know, the vice-captaincy role. They were saying he's okay to, uh, you know, reassume a leadership role after what happened in South Africa, um, but not just um, the C next to his name, only the VC. And we then went on to, um, you know, beat New Zealand uh, in the final to win our first ever T20 World Cup after a very shaky start to the tournament. Then the Ashes rolled around. We smashed the Poms like 4-0. A record-breaking innings by Travis Head at the Gabba, scoring a century and 85 balls. These are some of the storylines. And then probably the one that steals them all, um, Scott Boland, the 32-year-old taking six for seven off four overs on debut at the MCG. Now, through all this, we had the murmurs, didn't we, of disharmony in the camp. Uh, They were being heard in the background. And the louder these murmurs seemed to grow, well, the less chance it appeared that Justin Langer would retain his position as head coach. And we know what happened. It's all history. Uh, Cricket Australia gives itself another black eye or an uppercut. And uh, they offer JL a six-month contract extension for his efforts. Thank you. Uh, We'll give you this. And on it goes. Now, Langer says, stuff you. I'm out of here. Cummins comes clean um, that he and his players did actually want a new coach. And so here we are. The endless summer of cricket almost over. And before you know it, the team will be in Pakistan uh, for that test series over there for the first time in 24 years. So um, the summer of cricket here might be over, but it is certainly going to roll on. And we've got stacks of cricket to come uh, over the next uh, 12 months. But most of tonight's show will be around about rugby league. Um, so please feel free to get involved. That uh, open line number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the uh, the text line. You might have uh, someone from your NRL club that really stood out at the weekend that uh, you want to give a rap. Well, here's your forum to do just that. You might have some uh, thoughts about Tyrell Fui Maono too. He's out. To, well, he's going to be out for a long time. Uh, what he did to Hayes Dunster, the hip drop tackle, and poor old Hayes Dunster, he's he's gone for the season. Um, I read the damage. It was the ACL, the MCL, and everything else in between. The poor fella. Good kid, too. He joined us um, 
uh, was on this uh, program, I think, or maybe one of the weekend programs I was talking to him. Um, good young fella. Uh, but he's now gone. And the, well, the tricky situation is that Hayes is dating and has been for a while, I believe, Phil Meona's sister. So uh, make of that what you will. Um, could well be uncomfortable times around the dinner table. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Again, open invitation for you to join us. Are you going to be my girl? <laughs> Great to be back. Great to be back in the seat with the mad Russian. Uh, we're on a bit of a delay there. No, now we're all good. I'm sure we're all good now. Um, get involved. 0457 736 736. So I've thrown that question out there at you. The big quiz tonight. The big quiz tonight. So uh, which were the two third-generation players that have played over the weekend? So their fathers played NRL first grade. And uh, their grandfathers played NRL first grade. 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Uh, get those answers coming through. Uh, and the prize? Nothing. A big Royale. A big a fat a donut, okay? A donut. But, yeah, I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that. Mad Russians back in the house. We haven't worked together, I don't think, since last year. Oh, they're happy about it too, Chris. How are you? Those guys Very up there. Oh, mate, they have not. Hey, there's Trenny Barrett. Uh, we might even try and grab some of that. Hey, listen, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be back in the chair here, mate. Uh, first time uh, for a while with you. Third generation, I was just saying, the weekend gone, and we might look at it in depth a little bit later on in the show, but um, sons of guns. Everywhere you look, there are sons of former NRL players playing, and I'm a lot older than you. Yes. Double your age and plus a couple of years, depending on which profile you read. But um, it's just a reminder to me that, oh, my Lord, it's, I'm, I'm over the hill. Well, when you're talking about third generation, second generation, it's a bit scary when you see sons come through. I'm getting that a little bit now. Yeah. With yeah, overseas yeah. sports, less so here. But, you know, even the John's boys sort of bumping around. I caught the end of Matty and Andrew's careers. And so to see, but, I, yeah, I, I'm – not looking forward to the day a third generation player. No, who I well, was very familiar with starts to roll. Uh, well, around. okay, well, there were a couple at the uh, at, at the weekend, a couple at the weekend. So that's the question: Who, who were they? Who were the the third generation players that mm. played at the weekend? Now there could be more. I don't think there were. I think I, I think I've, I've nailed it. Um, but I'd like our listeners to uh, chime in. Dykes Gaia Turbo. Um, that text has come in. Put your names on it, boys and girls. I'd like to know who you are. Um, Dykes, K. Dykes, yes, he is one of them. Uh, K. Dykes, son of Adam Dykes, who uh, Adam played more than 200 games uh, for Cronulla um, or across Cronulla and Parramatta. And his dad, um, Adam's dad, Adam Dykes' dad, John Dykes, uh, he played in the 70s uh, for a few clubs, the Roosters, Souths um, and Cronulla as well, and maybe even Penrith. So there you go. So Cade Dykes, his dad played first grade and his dad's dad played first grade. There was another player in the same boat, okay? Come on, 0457 736 736. That is the text line. Steve from Padstow sent through a text too. Uh, MG Mark Three, Love it. 
So, yeah, Maverick Geyer. There's another um, son of a gun. Mark Geyer's son uh, played really well, didn't he, Um, in his first taste of senior footy. Um, And, uh, well, the other MG is Matty Geyer. And Matty Geyer's son also made his top flight debut. Well, not NRL, but taste of top flight. That sort of flew under the radar a little bit. I think it did. Matty's son being out there as well. It's quite bizarre. Both the MGs, Matt Geyer and Mark Geyer, both their boys had their first taste of senior footy. Uh, one with Penrith and uh, one with Melbourne Storm. Mm. We'll talk to Matty uh, later on. He, he tells me he's going to be out walking the dog somewhere. Weird, isn't it? Walking the dog late at oh, night. Do you, are there a lot of... No, I'm an I'm a after-dinner dog walker. No, I can see that. A little bit late. You've watched what you want to on TV and the dog still yeah, okay. needs to be walked. Oh, yeah, I'm I've never fan. done I've, I've never been a... Um, a nocturnal dog walker, <laughs> if that's the right way. No, it's not for me. Your dog's probably asleep. My dog's going, no, my dog, Malcolm, my yeah. dog's name's Malcolm, right? Yeah. He's nut. He's going nuts. He, the storms, he hates thunder. Yeah. Hates right. lightning. Mm. I should play him some of that queen. Yeah. Uh, see how he likes that. So he'll jump the fence and, and he'll grow six foot to jump over the fence when it's thunder and light, I'm telling you. And Cracker Knight hates that too. I that. So I had to leave him in because mm. the house is empty and I've left the doors open. So he's probably... Up on my bed. It's probably the kitchen making himself a dinner. Um, I forgot to feed him, too. <laughs> now, that game tonight, uh, yeah, uh, don't, don't start ringing RSPCA no. or anything, as if you haven't forgot to read, feed your dog. Well, he's not wasting away, is he? No, no, he'll be fine. Um, Toolman said, how did uh, his Bulldogs get on tonight? Well, uh, it's finished not that long ago, 16-all. 16-all. Um, was the score there at McDonald Jones uh, Stadium. So three tries apiece. Uh, the Knights got out to a 12-0 lead, and the Doggies came back into it. So 16-all. Two of the uh, trials have ended all square. We'll uh, we'll elaborate on that a bit later for you, uh, Toolman. All righty, uh, stay with us. This is uh, Higher Ground, and uh, up next we are going to head north and talk to uh, Queensland's, well, my favourite banana bender, Steve Renoff. Well, have we got to, have we got that Queenslander theme song? Have we got that sitting around anywhere? Because we're about to go north of the border, my friends. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? That's it, Queensland. Queensland's everywhere. Queensland's everywhere. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's it's my my great pleasure to welcome one of my favourite. I tell you what, no, not one of you are you are my favourite Queenslander, Steve Renoff. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. I haven't spoken to you for a while. How's your no. How's your summer been, mate? No, it's been good. You know, it's uh, you know had a good break, and you know, we're obviously getting obviously getting excited for the rugby league to be back. But um, no, it's been pretty good. What about yourself? No, all good. I can't complain. Well, I can, but no one uh, will listen. Hey, listen, I should <laughs> point out to our, our listeners too, this, uh, this great segment, uh, this award-winning segment, Queenslander on Higher Ground, and this is edition one of it. Uh, it's proudly uh, brought to us by uh, your charity, um, Deadly Choices. How's your work going there? Well, what's the latest? Yeah, mate, we're just going through our, obviously, our launches uh, with, with our um, with, with our partners, but the the big thing is obviously we we're still driving uh, seven one five health checks um, through our clinics, and we got the 
Uh, we're launching as we speak, uh, day by day, our new Daily Choices shirts, obviously mm-hmm. with our NRL um, AFL partners, and um, yeah, you know, and we're so that's been going. That, that always rolls on really well, and that's what we sort of pride ourselves on. For those that don't know, Daily Choices, Steve, just just give us a bit more about that. Yeah, so we we start as a preventative health. Um, program. Uh, this is going probably going back 11, mm. 11 and a half years ago now. And uh, we we got the Institute for Urban Indigenous Health. We've got um, you know twenty medical centres up here in southeast Queensland. But uh, Deadly Choices itself uh, is a community engagement to engage Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people mm. to encourage them through medicine to come and get their seven seven one five health mm. check um, in our clinics and. But we, we're starting to get a national footprint. Um, we're in other states, and it's just around, you know, preventative health to get our yeah. mob in to, to do health checks. Yeah, no, good. And I know you do a lot of great work with there. And, I'm, you know, I'll point out that, you know, we, we don't pay Steve to do this, but he does it through Deadly Choices, and we like to give them as much exposure as we can. Uh, just yeah. going back last weekend, too, the Indigenous um, and Maori All-Stars game, it was a, a raging success. Did you get to see much of that? No, I did, mate. I, I I sat down and had a wine and watched that, and yeah. it, was, it was good, mate. It was, um, you know, I just loved the build-up. Um, you know, obviously they were all restricted uh, with community engagement, um, mm. being in Sydney, and you know, with with COVID, obviously. And um, but when you speak to the players, um, you know, we we've got ambassadors who who playing in those who are playing in those games and. It means so much to them, and that's when I sort of think, as a, as a, you know, I'm 52 this year, and I didn't get the opportunity to play in one of those games. How special it is! Mm. Um, so to speak to them, and just to just to hear what it means to them, and that's the that's you know that's the New, you know, New Zealand side as well, not just not just the Australian Indigenous team, um, all the Indigenous side. It was. Uh, I love watching it. It gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. Uh, Okay, nineteen seventy baby, you as well, like me, huh? Very good. <laughs> yeah, are we the same? Are you not September? Yeah. Are you? No, I'm in June, eighth of June. Okay, all right. You're <laughs> I'm a, a Gemini. Of, you're a couple of months older than me. Uh, again, uh, I say, depending on what profile you read. Righto, footy stuff this year. Uh, we had the trial matches and that uh, match tonight. Uh, again, just wrapping that up. Sixteen all between the Knights and uh, the Bulldogs up there. In Newcastle, there was another drawn game over the weekend. That was between the Titans and the Broncos. Titans skipped out to a, a handy uh, lead, yeah. but Brisbane, um, I think, twenty six eight at one point. Brisbane pegged them back at the end. Whether it was the Titans taking their foot off the gas, I'm not sure. Uh, Re Brisbane, and you know that's the club you know, closest, dearest to your heart. I know you're good mates with Kevy Walters. I guess the, the the conundrum or the biggest decision they've got to make um, is who wears the number six alongside Adam yeah. Reynolds, and it would seem maybe, I don't know, is is Billy Walters uh, at the head of the queue? Look, look I don't know if, if Billy's at the head of the queue, and I'll be, I'll be very, very honest here. I know prior to Billy coming, and, um, you know, Kevy would not be making any decision, um, you know, without seeing what he sees in front of him. But mm. I know there's a big rap for Albert Kelly up here. Mm. Um, and, look, in the off-season, I spent a bit of time uh, doing... Uh, Deadly Choices um, vaccination clinics, you know, in Mount yeah. Isa and Rocky and here in Brizzy. And we had some of the Bronco players there, young boys, and they, they all rate Albert Kelly. Mm. Um, they, they love what he brings to that team. And look, he, you know, he um, he had a limited time there. I think he had injury, but they they really love what he brings. And he's got that maturity. And 
they love his natural style of, of, and actually giving really mm. good quality ball. So I, my tip, um, this is solely my own personal opinion, I think it'll be Albert Kelly. Mm. Well, uh, you know, and that probably is a, a nicer balance, yin and yang, with Adam Reynolds, who's, you, you know, your, your stable playmaker, and then you've got a player that's a bit more off the cuff, whereas Billy's probably a little bit more... Uh, structured. Anyway, we'll wait and see, but it's good that they've got some options up there. Um, talking of you know uh, Billy Walters and other, we're talking about other sons of guns is, is a current theme through this show and, <laughs> and the weekend. Jaden Campbell, hey, um, big year ahead oh. for for him, I'm sure. I, absolutely, he's just like his dad, an absolute freak. You know, I mean, just he can create something from nothing. And so I really, you know, that last year I really enjoyed watching him and his time on the footy field. Um, that's a, that obviously that's the sort of footy I appreciate. But you know, just this young kid coming through, he's got a lot of pressure. Obviously, being you know Preston's son, but he just shirks that off. He goes out there and plays his game. And you know, the good thing is the Titans will let him do that early. Um, sometimes a young kid can be tied up um, around the team structure, but um, it's nearly like they gave him a free reign. If you see something, you play with it, mm. you go for it, and. I think um, that that's how you play Jaden Camp. Um, the Cowboys then, Steve, and we pretty much focus on things uh, happening up there in Queensland. And then next year, if, if we're still going around, you and me, I mean, we're getting old, aren't we? Long in the tooth. We'll be talking about the, <laughs> yeah. dol- the Dolphins as well uh, in this, yeah. que- this great Queenslander segment. Uh, the Cowboys, so they had a, a few feeder clubs, players from a few of their, their feeder clubs uh, playing in uh, their match. Um, including um, a couple. So Steve Price's son, Riley, we saw him in action. And big Marty Bella's young bloke too, Ross. He also played for the Cowboys. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about those two if you can. Yeah, isn't it good uh, to see the you know the sons of uh, fathers coming through? And, um, you know, look, to be honest, I don't know too much mm. about them. But the fact that, you know, and as you said, we got, you know, we got... Jaden Campbell down the Gold Coast. Oh, they're I, everywhere. I know, um, Preston, and, and, you know, Billy Walters. and But it's good to see. And, um, you know, we got um, Kobe Hetherington yes. at the Broncos as well. Um, but how good is that to see that next generation uh, names come through? It, it it really excites me. And you get to see, you know, and, and, and it's an unfortunate thing. And I do this subconsciously mm. uh, uh, that you, you compare and have a look and how, you know, they're good. But, you know, I always appreciate that they bring. They're not going to bring what possibly what their their dad did, um, but the the thing is, they're out there and they're in the mix, and I think that's a great thing. Mm. All right, mate. Finally, um, as I say, you're close to the Broncos. Uh, what what's the general vibe like up there? Um, I mean, look, things can only improve on what what they've had for the last couple of seasons. How's Kevy feeling? I'm pretty confident that they're confident to be honest and the feel around the place they're excited about Reno, you know, mm. Reynolds and their um, Capewell um, and I, I just think that, that they've been good boys, uh, Brinko Lee uh, he, you know, we he's still going to get overshadowed by the big, you know, a couple of big signings and um, as I said, when, when I spent that time in the off season with a couple of the younger boys travelling around the state they're very excited um, you know, and, and they're they're excited about Adam Reynolds being there and Luke Capel. Look at Luke Capel; like he's sort of really going under the radar, mate, because yeah. Reynolds is getting all the media. But what a footy player! Mm. We just remember how good he is, and 
um, it's going to make a big difference to this team. And you know, you know what, Chris, the big thing is for us, we've got a leader now. We've yeah. got leaders. And I think they're two good leaders. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. All right, mate. Hey, good to catch up, Stevie. I appreciate you jumping on the line, mate. And uh, we'll try and do it uh, each and every Monday if we can. If we can't, we'll miss a couple of weeks, whatever. Good to uh, stay in touch with you. All thanks to Deadly Choices. Take care, mate. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Will do. So there he is, Steve Renoff. And uh, I heard the boys, uh, what were they on? Uh, not the drive. What do they call it now? The, uh, the run home. The run, the run home. And they were, they had a team, you know, the, the team of best headgear yes. players. Did Renoff, did the Pearl make it? He had to. Oh, I hope he did. I have to double check that one. Oh, he's, he's my fave. He's my fave headgear player. One of my favourite players, actually. And I've just, uh, without sounding, you know, too, um, you know, embroiled in this, but he's my favourite Queenslander. <laughs> Whether he wears headgear or not, he must have made the team. Surely to goodness. I will check up on this in the break, I promise. Uh, yeah, you do that. You do that. Now, listen, we are going to take a, um, a break, but the question, right, the big Q, the big Q I'm asking you now, 0457 736 736. What I'm asking is, tell me, please, who the two players were over the weekend, and they are third generational players. We've already got one. Because uh, someone sent it through without a name. Yes, one of them uh, was Cade Dykes. So that's uh, Adam Dykes' son, uh, formerly from Cronulla. So Cade Dykes is one of them. So And Adam Dykes' dad also played first grade. And his dad's name was John Dykes in the 70s for a, a number of clubs, including the Sharks. So Cade Dykes is one of them. Come on, I've already given you 50% of the answer. Who was the other player who was a third-generation player? So his dad played first grade. And his dad's dad played first grade. We'll take a break and back with more. Um, just uh, recapping as well, if you've just uh, walked in, um, did those guys up there, did you get them a drink? Have we got a, a couple of shandies for the, the... I'll have one. Give me one of those. Is that so? You, you brought sober in. So New beer. Well, Is that the one that Sats has been plugging? That's right. And when, you know... We're not meant to be affected mm. by alcohol. What do they feel, the crowd up there, what do they feel about the low alcohol, the note zero? <laughs> they like it. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> what what do you really harsh on one of the sports? Well, no, yeah, no, normally normally they start throwing things at me if um, if Hutchie hasn't put, you know, a tab on the bar here at the sports lounge. And now they're saying they, they, they love the sober. Oh, you're just being, oh, you're playing the... The right card, aren't you? The sponsor, so let's look after. What him. are you talking about? <laughs> I'd never be influenced by such, you know, no things. Commercial, like that. yeah, no, yeah, never, no. Never. Okay, um, can we get serious for a moment, please? I'm trying to be serious Very here. Sixteen, so. forget them, losers. Sixteen all was the uh, the score between. I don't mean it. Uh, Newcastle Knights and Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, three tries uh, apiece. So the Knights jumped out to an early lead. Um, but the doggies uh, came back. Um, they came back there. I was just looking for a, a quick match report. I haven't got one posted as yet, but we'll uh, we'll go through uh, that in a little bit more detail later on.
Yeah, well, everywhere we look, there are now sons of guns uh, stamping their own marks on the greatest game of all. It's an unwanted reminder, as I've said, for those of us who started loving the game in the 70s, 80s and 90s of just how bloody old we're getting. At the same time, it's uh, wonderful to see so many young fellas, I guess in one sense, following in their father's uh, footsteps, while at the same time stepping out of their father's shadows and uh, onto their own rugby league journey. So I thought let's uh, look at just some of the sons of guns who were on show over the weekend. And there were a few of them at Leichhardt for the double header on Friday. Lachlan Lamb for the Roosters. His dad, Adrian. Well, he's a Roosters legend. Albert Hopawadi, son of John, playing his first game for Canberra. In the second game, Hopper's former club, Manly, uh, played the West Tigers. And young half, Jamie Humphreys, was given a taste of the action. His dad, Stephen, is the current Manly boss and played himself in the 80s at Balmain. There were no less than five or maybe even six Sons of Guns playing for Melbourne Storm. Yep, five or six, and that was against the Warriors. Cooper Johns, son of our very own Maddie Johns. Bronson Garlic, son of Sean. Yes, he of Garlow's Pies. Tyron Wishart, son of Rod. Cole Geyer, son of Maddie Geyer. And also Jonah Pezzett. His dad, Troy, played in the 90s for uh, the Crushers for a few years and then at Parramatta. And Remus Smith as well, don't forget him. He's the son of Tyron Smith. You could just about add a new Storm recruit, Nick Meaney, too. Um, and his granddad, Dennis, played for Manly and Wests uh, for over a decade. That was through the 50s and 60s. And, of course, Bailey Sirenin. The son of Cyrano. And these days, uh, he lines up for the Warriors. South Sydney turned out a team of rookies in their loss to the Cowboys. Among them, young Jed Cartwright. Uh, son of Panthers, premiership winning prop John. And the Cowboys, well, they had a couple of familiar kids on the block too. Including Maroons legend Steve Price's son, Riley. And Martin Bella's son, Ross. Preston Campbell's young fella, Jaden. Well, he burst onto the scene last year, didn't he? And I'm sure he's got a huge season in front of him in 2022. The Titans played the Broncos. Billy Walters, Kevy's young bloke, looks to maybe have the jump on the others as first choice 5'8 to partner Adam Reynolds in round one. Also in the Broncos' side, their lock, Kobe Hetherington. His old man, Jason. Well, he has one of the driest sense of humours on the planet. Uh, Maverick Geyer. Son of MG, he had a super game, didn't he? His first senior appearance for the Panthers, scoring a try and a try assist as well off the bench. Then the Sharks, well, they had their own sons of guns on the park with Kay Dykes, son of club stalwart Adam, looking right at home at fullback. Also, there was Kyle Iroh, son of Kiwi international Kevin Iroh. And then there was Zach Wolford, son of former Raiders captain Simon Wolford. And, uh, well, it goes on. Tonight's game, look, I may have missed a few, uh, but Nick O'Mealy, he got a couple of minutes for the Knights. His dad, of course, Mark, the ogre O'Mealy, who, well, he was a hard man uh, for Canterbury Bulldogs. And also uh, playing for the opposition, uh, Corey Waddell. And, of course, his dad, his late dad, Steve, played for Illawarra and for Penrith. You can bet your bottom dollar there are a few that I have missed over the weekend, but you can't blame me. Um, I think you can also guarantee one thing. These sons of guns 
are making their parents very, very proud. Well, welcome back to Higher Ground. And uh, over the weekend, I mean, we've already spoken about it at length, haven't we? So many um, sons of guns, we're calling them, um, were playing. And some of them were playing for the very first time. As I say, on the back page of the uh, the Daily Telegraph today, uh, Maverick Guy, he was all over the page. And uh, many news outlets are picking up on this. Uh, it's another MG. Maverick Geyer. And didn't he play so, so well on the weekend? There's another MG as well who uh, I actually used to play a bit with over there in Perth, and he went on to do some amazing things and, um, well, played 200 or more games for Melbourne Storm. And that is another MG. It is Matty Geyer. Matty Geyer has a son. His name is Cole Geyer. And Cole Geyer also uh, made his top flight debut, if you want to call it that, at the weekend, he's with Melbourne Storm. So we've all heard a lot about Maverick Geyer. We haven't heard much about Cole Geyer. So I thought I'd get his old man on the phone. Matty Geyer, good evening, my friend. Welcome to Higher Ground. Good evening, Wire. Thanks for making me feel welcome, mate. That's all right. What are you doing? It's a bit. Are you walking the dog? Yeah, mate. I always like a late, <laughs> late night walk. It's uh, you know, it helps me go to sleep at night. I'm getting a, getting a bit older. I think I'm getting old before my time. Wire. I just you oh, know, know have a cup of tea and I go yeah, for a yeah. walk. Well, that's the thing. Um, you can listen to music to get get to sleep, but that's the thing. Seeing all these young fellas come through, and I'm thinking to myself today, it really reminds us how old we're getting, and I'm a fair bit older than you. But it must be just really proud for you, <laughs> a, pr- a proud, proud moment, hey, that, that, that Cole has also um, got a taste of um, top flight football for the first time. He's he's joined Melbourne Storm on a, on a two-year development contract, that right? Yeah, you got your research right, mate. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he got signed uh, midway through last year. On a, so he was really excited. There was a, a you know, he's managed to hold a couple of other clubs, but um, Melbourne were the keenest. So that was, you know, it was always going to be about what was the best for him, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm really, really glad it was Melbourne. But um, if you know, my my time has been and gone, so I can't, you know, start living vicariously through my son and hope that he goes to Melbourne and does all these things. So, mm. um, yeah, like I, I would have, you know, championed him whichever club he went to. But I'm obviously uh, not so secretly. Mm. Stoked that he, uh, mm. he he chose to go to the storm as well. I bet you are. I bet you are, and I bet they're they're you know they're stoked to have him too. It just seems a natural fit that uh, the young guy um, makes his debut, his NRL debut, which will happen um, in Melbourne Storm colours. How did he go, the young fella? Yeah, he went good, mate. He got um like uh, he got about fifteen minutes at the end of the game, and yeah, um, yeah, the, you know, the, by the time in most trials games have been the same. There was. There's quite a bit of drop ball, so there wasn't much momentum, which makes it tough for a young dummy half. But he, he, um, he defended really well, I thought, um, and he uh, he made a little dart, made a little bit of a line break from uh, from dummy half, which is a bit of his signature. He, he likes to run the ball, so um, yeah. So I think I think you you know he he will definitely get confidence rather than lose confidence out of the game. But uh, I'm not sure you know when his next opportunity comes. So that's up. The ball's in his court now. He needs to. Uh, you know, change it or, or make yeah. up the coach's mind or whatever. I don't know whether what they're thinking either. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't think he, he let, didn't let anyone down, but he just has to make the most when he gets another opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and and being coached down in there by Craig Bellamy. I mean, 
you'd almost go down there and play for nothing, wouldn't you? But it's it's crazy. I was looking at the team. So particularly Melbourne, they've got so many um, sons of, if we call them sons of. So Cooper Johns, <laughs> uh, Bronson That's Garlic, right. Bronson Garlic, um, yep. Tyron Wishart, your, yep. your young fella. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean. And, uh, it, Remus Smith. Remus Smith's in there as well. Oh, of course. See, I forgot about Remus Smith. Um, yeah, there's a few, mate. There's a few. Um, no, yeah. there's another one. Yeah, yeah, there are Jonah, Jonah Jonah Pezzett. His dad. Jonah Pezzett, yeah. Troy yeah. was. Yeah, um, yeah. Troy's young fella. Well, well, well. And then you've got um, Nick Meaney, too. He, he's gra- his grandfather yeah. played um, for a number a number of years through the what the fifties and sixties I think so, so they, um, yeah there you go mate and what about um, oh, I wish him well I wish him well Cole I really do um, and you went Cole. you went down there to see it I did mate I thought it was um you know I'm I'm a bit of a bit of a stalker like that I, I love <laughs> following my kids up my um my daughter she plays a bit of netball and she was playing up at Townsville for her. Sort of top flight debut last year, and I wanted to fly for that. And my wife said, "You can watch it on TV." I'm like, "Yeah, but I want to be mm-hmm. there. I love being there." And um, but yeah, so I, I am a bit like that. I I love being there, at, on, you know, in 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 person. But yeah. I also um, I must admit, I, I guess it, uh, it doubled as a good time to have a bit of a yeah. reunion with um. Saw a few of the boys. I managed to. I was lucky. I got to see Bill there. I watched the watch the game with him, and and I um. Myself and Kernsey, oh, Kearns, Robbie yeah. Ross and Pete, and Pete yeah. Robinson, we we um we managed to stumble into each other uh, late at night. Oh, good! You had a couple just, of shandies uh, then. Share some stories. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, long way to go. If you go, you don't have a shandy. Hey, listen, um, Mav, you must be really proud of of um, of Mark's young fella too, and he's a really softly spoken sort of fella. I I, I was trying to get in touch with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, when it was announced, you know, they, they signed the contract part of that development squad there, I think it was. And um, he said, Chris, I'd love to chat to you. I just want to have a chat to Ivan Cleary first, coach. And he's come back to me really politely. Uh, oh, Ivan doesn't think it's a great idea, me. I haven't even played yet. I said, no dramas at all. Um, he, he's a real humble fella, isn't he? But my goodness, he's he's got a big frame on him. He looks, a, he styles a fair fair bit like MGs. Yeah, mate, he... He's put a lot of size on in this in this preseason. This last twelve months, he's mm. he's just exploded. And even when I saw him on the screen, I was like, "Oh, geez, Navi's really got some." You know, he's really look. He looks like a young man now. And um, mate, he's, I tell you what, you know, he's he, he like everyone's saying. Even Brandy was saying on the on the coverage, mm. you know, he, he actually loves to talk. But he's he's a great kid. He's a he's a he's a great kid, mate. As like and mm. whatever football he, he gets is he's fantastic. But He'll be a success in life no matter what because he's just a a really good human being. Mm. And um, I know that I know the storm were chasing him, and um, oh, I thought that, that would have been pretty cool too. Yeah. The, uh, the two cousins, mate, you know, would have been in another story. But oh um, wow, well, you but, never know. Uh, yeah, like I know my my um my uh, input to that was I you know I hadn't seen Maverick play a lot of football, so mm. you have to take your scouts' advice on that. But I can tell you that he's a He's a fantastic human being, so and that's obviously a big thing for the yeah the Melbourne Storm. They yeah, you know, they always they they like to have that sort of uh, that stamp of approval. So you know he's he's a great kid. He's got a lot of personality. He's um he's forever smiling. Yeah. So he'll um yeah and he, and his footy his footy uh did the talking on the weekend. He was given a really good opportunity and and he and he took it. So I'm really happy for him. You uh, you and Big Bro Mark, you've you've you know, both got a couple of boys. Um, so it must be really proud, I imagine, for both of you to, to see them coming through. No expectations that they'd follow in your footsteps, but the fact that they have 
Um, I don't know. How does that feel? Oh, mate, it's great, Wade. But, mate, you know, like you're saying, like, um, but you know, at the start, you know how proud of him I'm. Like, and it's the same as any any parent. Like, I'm really proud of all my, you know, my mm. my boys. Just about my other boys, Nash, he's just about to finish university, and mate, he's really getting his life together. He's he's really determined. He works hard. He he trains hard. He's mm. got a thousand friends, and you no, know, he's, he's he's really grown into a good young man. My daughter's doing great, and um, I know Mark's the same. You know, he's he's, he's living the dream. He's he's got his small business out there in Penrith, doing great, and he's working with his family. So. You know, those they're those little successes that you that you just hold on to, you know, and and the fact that our our boys can, you know, achieve in their dream, and and it's just that it's more public, you know, so mm. other people become interested in it. But, um, you know, I'm I'm just as proud as all, as all my children. But yeah, um, you know, my my son being a an accountant, or my you know my daughter being a teacher and a and a budding netballer, you know, they're they're not as newsworthy. But um, yeah, very proud. But yeah, he and, and you know. It's difficult. It's also that's you know I'm, I suppose I can speak from experience that um you know being you know the next MG you know which you know that's yeah. um the headlines are from Avi at the moment. It's you know that's a it's, it can be it can be a shoulder it can be a burden at times as well. Yeah. But I I was lucky I because I never thought I'd ever actually have a football career. So I sort of just sailed under that radar a little bit and then yeah by the time i actually did i was i was i loved it I, you know i'm, mm. I'm proud that i'm mark guy's brother and absolutely love the fact so i didn't i didn't get it as much but um yeah I, I just hope we can just give give these boys some time and and let them evolve and develop themselves but it's it's going to be hard as i said especially with mavi the way he blasted on the scene yesterday Mm. You um yeah so yeah I didn't realize so you you were the little MG and now Mav is the uh, the little MG on the new the new MG on the block <laughs> so can I just ask you this mate and, and um you you head off there and get the dog back home safely um <laughs> out of out of your boy Cole and and MG's boy Mav uh, sort of when did you first think that you know they might get to the the top level yeah well even, like even like with Mavi like because we live so far away like. I think he explained it basically himself on the, in his post-game interview. He said, like, it was basically just a matter of when he decided to. He's always been a bit of a, you know, mm. a, a pretty good footballer and he had the makings of it, And but he just needed to decide when he wanted to do it. And he, he basically decided it last off-season and we saw the results. When, with my young fella, he was, he was probably a bit more of a slow burn. He's very similar to me. He didn't grow much between sort of 13 and 14, 15 now when he became really small and, Lost his confidence, got a few injuries, and didn't make any rep teams or anything like that. So he had a lot of players around the coast in front of him, and was always pretty handy. But um, yeah, he just so he's had to be, you know, just one step at a time. You know, he just, mm. you know, get in front of this guy, get in front of this guy. He was on the bench for some rep teams, and then he sort of got a starting game the next year, and then so he's been, yeah, he's had to really like sort of, um, you know, take that long road. And and last year or two, um, sorry, when he was 18 turning 19 a couple of years ago he um yeah he played local a grade and he just that was that was the turning point i think he just mm. he just got his newfound confidence playing against men and he uh, got like he got the late like playing at Karum and he got the player of the year and got won a bunch of awards and um i think from there he really hasn't looked back he he feels comfortable playing men now he's been playing them for three years he hasn't gone up to an he hasn't gone up to a um and played any cup or anything like that but he's um yeah, he has been playing against men for a couple of years now. So, obviously, the 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 size and all that doesn't so much intimidate intimidating. But I'm, I'm sure the speed and the 
you know, the speed of the game and the physiques, the hardness of the bodies, and that was, was quite new for him on the weekend. Yeah. Well, mate, I, look, I wish Cole all the best. I'll be looking out for him. I wish Mav all the best as well. We could almost have our own show weekend at the Guyers. Um, you're doing really well, <laughs> they tell me, up there coaching Corumbanese. I know you're enjoying that, mate. I uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. Thanks, Bob. It's always good to talk, mate. Always helps, Christopher. Always helps if you turn uh, turn your button on. You've got to push that button, my friend, and uh, there we are. We are live. Great to have your company right on the stroke of 10 o'clock uh, in New South Wales, 9 o'clock up there in Queensland. Good to chat earlier on uh, to a couple of Queenslanders, so just then to uh, Matty Geyer. Gee, he's a good fella. Uh, really got a lot of time for Matty. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him over the past, I don't know, two decades or more, but we uh, we headed over there to uh, to Perth. Uh, many, many years ago. In 1994, I went there. Maddie would have come over in 95. I went over there and his brother, uh, Mark, came over as well in 95. Uh, it was a, a good time over there. Um, as you as you know, coached by um, the late Peter Mulholland. Uh, but Maddie, um, yeah, as he said then, he, he didn't ever think he was going to play first grade. He had to learn to go on and uh, reach the heights that, that he did. But he's just such a grounded person. They're a, they're a really good family, the guys. And uh, nice to see um, more guys coming through, uh, generation uh, next. Now, I was just going to um, bring you up to speed to what happened up there uh, in Newcastle. Excuse me, with 16-all um, draw uh, was the end result. 16-all draw. So a handful of the, the new boys for... Uh, Canterbury were on show. Uh, Newcastle, they pretty much fielded, I think it's pretty close to their uh, their full-strength team. Mm. So I'm um, just looking. There's Momosia, Jake Clifford, uh, and Young. Uh, scorers there. Three tries a piece. Matt Dufty, a uh, new doggy, he scored two. Um, Jaden Ockenbohr and uh, R. Hoffman. That would not be Ryan Hoffman. That would be uh, Reese Hoffman. And he scored as well, three uh, tries apiece. So a couple of uh, the trials ended uh, all square. Broncos Titans also uh, did that too. Keep those text messages coming through, 0457 736 736. I still haven't got a winner for the big quiz. Come on. It's not that difficult. I've even actually, I gave you a clue. I even read out the answer earlier on. So I'm asking you, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which or who are uh, the two third-generation players uh, that played over the weekend in the trials. The third-generation players that played over the weekend in the trials. And is it because I haven't got a prize that you're refusing to uh, to buy into this? Come on. What are you talking about? Oh, I'll get a free, uh, a free shandy. I'll tell you what, we might even throw in some sober beers. Yes. If you can get the answer. We'll, if you can I'll get the it, answer, I'll all make right. Make sure we send you out some There you go. Things. So come on, get the answer, and uh, the mad Russian's going to send you out, or he's going to courier it to you in his own car. If you live <laughs> on the northern beaches, he'll drop it off tonight even. Grab you. Uh, a case of sober, sober beers, mm. which I haven't tasted yet. Um, so I've already told you, one of them is Cade Dykes. Mm. Played at the weekend for Cronulla. His dad, Adam Dykes, played a couple of hundred games in NRL or more. Um, and Adam's dad also played for a few clubs and also for Cronulla. So there's one third generation player, Cade Dykes. Who is the other? All right. 
who is the other? Now, this one, uh, send the text to 0457 736 736. And uh, the Mad Russian is going to dive into his own kick and uh, pull out the cabbage and buy a case of sober beers for you, which is, sounds like a bit of a contradiction, if that's the right word. Or um, what's the other word Spelled I'm looking for? S-O-B-A. Oh, is H. it? Yes. Oh, with S-O-B-A-H. an H in there. Very H. fancy. Sobar. Sobar, yeah. Very, very fancy. <laughs> Almost a paradox. Yeah, be, yeah, am, I, am I going down the right track there? So, Chris, if a player is out for the season, should the guilty player get a season off as well? It's a really good question. Steve from Padstow has sent that through on the text line, uh, referring to Hayes Dunster. Got a feel for him. Mm. Got a feel for Hayes. Um, I thought he, he would have had a big season ahead of him. He's out for the year. That knee injury, a result of an illegal tackle. The hip drop. Now, you might want to talk more about the hip drop mm. tackle as well, the technique. Um, Tyrell Thuy Mayono from the Dragons brought him down, performing a hip drop, which, let me tell you, is practiced in wrestling sessions at all clubs, I would have thought. I would have thought. I don't know that for certain. But it's something that has crept into the game only recently. And you know what? If you asked me a year or a couple of years ago, what's a hip drop? I'm not quite sure. But it's the the, the practice, if you like, um, of grabbing a player so above the waist, getting a hold of them, and then dropping your torso or your hip around their legs to, to bring them down. And, you know, it's hard to sort of see when it's an intentional move. You know, it's not as blatant as a swinging arm or a shoulder charge. It can be quite innocuous almost. Um, but the officials and the bunker, they, they need to keep looking out for it. So this one, really, really bad. I heard, I've heard some people saying it looked intentional. Well, I don't know about that. I don't think, do I, I don't really think in this modern age any player goes out there intentionally to maim another player, particularly when they're your prospective brother-in-law. Well, I might be putting the cart before the horse there. Um, but Hayes Dunster is going out with Tyrell's sister. And I'm led to believe they have been for a while and they're pretty serious. So as I was saying earlier, and you might have some thoughts on this at home, um, yeah, it could be quite uncomfortable around the, the dinner table. Yeah? Mm. Um, but good question, Steve. Should the guilty player get a season as well if through an act of illegal play, he takes out or takes the season away from a fellow player. Well, I guess how are they charged and and what goes into uh, when they're handing out the penalties? Should the the penalty handed out be aligned with the, you know, the seriousness of the injury? I think it goes into the outcome. It's something we'd probably need to talk more about with the judge. Mm-hmm. We get to get the judge on again um, to talk more about that. But, you know, if I go out there and I intentionally put on a shoulder charge, well, how do you prove intentional? That's the thing. But if it's reckless or, you know, and I shoulder charge and someone's out with a broken jaw and let's say they were gone for the season, a really bad break, should I then also sit out the whole season? I don't know. I guess it's hard to prove if it was intentional or not. But again, I, I see that, you know, carrying on from last year where they, they modified the rule a little bit where we were getting players sent off left, right and centre and sin bin left, right and centre after 
um, the madness of Magic Round. Do you remember that? And they pulled it back a little bit, didn't they, at the back end yeah. of the season? So basically the rule was, and I guess still is, direct, forceful, contact to the head, you're either sent off or sin binned. So direct, if it's direct and forceful and it's contact to the head, you're either sin binned or sent off. However, with that, we saw that there were some laughable instances where there might have been some contact to, a, to an opponent's head and it may have been forceful, but it was largely incidental and almost unavoidable. And towards the back end of last season, they started relaxing the laws, mm. didn't they? And I think they brought in a bit of common sense that... So I think now, in layman's terms, that we can describe it as it's got to be direct, it's got to be forceful, it's got to be contact to the head, but it's also, I think, got to be, if it's also if it's a, unavoidable, mm. is it unavoidable? Because sometimes it just happens, it's part of the game. And if it is unavoidable, well, I think they're saying, well, you stay on the field. So to the heart of Steve's question there, would you agree with, would you think that's a path the NRL could look at going down. They certainly don't at the moment. Well, pro- no. No, I don't. And I'd agree with that. Yeah, because, you know, th- the same thing, let's say Tyrell Fury yeah, Miono did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it could only result in a player being out for a couple of weeks. Mm. So do we say, and it was exactly the same thing. Do we say, right, oh, well, you just get a couple of weeks for that. No, we're going to be But smart. we're going to give you the season for the same thing. You know, no. I think we've got to be smart at that. There's got to be consistency. It's got to be the act that it's punished, not... The yeah. result, if if he made that tackle to Hayes Dunster and Hayes had managed to spin out of it and he managed to wouldn't get himself in a position, it. we wouldn't be, wouldn't well, be talking we, about well, but we should be talking about it, but the punishment should be of a similar, you know, of Are a you aware of standard. the hip drop tackle? Did you you know about the hip drop tackle? You, you, only is it, a, it's is it been, a common practice? Only because it's been talked about yeah. in the media. Really, and because we've seen charges come in for it. I saw an argument on Twitter today that players are using it. Well, have been used. It was starting to be used because players are just too big, too strong. You're trying to stop a guy like Nelson Asafa Solomona or um, Josh Papali'i mm. coming through you. Isaiah as well now, probably at Parramatta. You're trying to stop guys like that. If you're a you know, a halfback or fullback, one of the smaller guys, one of the backs, wingers, even though wingers are getting ridiculous size now, but mm. should that be a valid way? I don't think it should. Mm. You can't punish guys for being stronger, but it was an interesting argument that was put no, forward. No, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the law of court, the, you know, well, let's not get into it. It's it's all the... <laughs> the law of court. Well, no. Well, I mean, well, you know, now we're getting deep in. If we, yeah, in court, you know, yeah. um, do they hand out how, how long you spend in jail based on the... Uh, Yes, based on the seriousness of your offence, but... Um, Intent is taken into consideration, and the result is taken into consideration as well, but it's not the defining intent. factor. You see, intent. You, did he actually mean to maim Hayes? And I doubt... No. No, I doubt that was the case. No. Yeah. Um, that big quiz question too, by the way, looking for the third generation players that played over the weekend, i.e. their dads played first grade and their dad's dad played first grade. Hmm. Okay. Um, who are they? Keep them coming through. 0457 736 736. One of them is Cade Dykes. The other, I am not going to reveal just yet, but you need to put your names on the text messages because if you get it, you get it right, you're going to get a case of sober beer, but if your name's not on there, you're not. Uh, this one, oh, here it is. Sorry, mate. Sean O from Como. 
Shorto from Como. He says, firstly, real beer, please, if I am right. <laughs> so if, He's real beer, Shorto. Oh, we've got some sober out there that you don't have to pay for. That's right. It's free oh. beer. That's the best kind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he wants it real, though. So if he gets it right, don't worry. He says, Iro. Iro. So... Um, he played, didn't he? Uh, is it Kaal Iro? Is I that how you pronounce it? Yeah. it? Kaal. Yep. So he played for the Sharkies, and he is the son of Kiwi International Kevin Iro. Uh, played for Manly, but I don't think Kevin Iro's father played mm. first grade. No, but have you got one of those one of those you know sound effects? Because that's that's where any good. No, sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot. Three under truck, but a really good panel up. Just yay. How are you getting the hang of this? He's just patting me. Thank Pat, you. So, Ira, uh, yeah, Shorto from Como, no, no, but uh, keep them coming through. Keep them coming through. I've got the answer right here in front of me, and I made up this question myself because I was just doing some research into. We'll have to get a sting going for this and nice intro. For the big Q? Absolutely. The big Q. Are you happy, like with the big, you, you happy with the big Q? Big Q. Just make it one, make it difficult. Make it two, well, three parts. Throw it out to our listeners. Yeah. What do they want it to be called? Yeah. Uh, our quiz question. We'll do it on a Monday night, right? Yep, Monday nights. And we'll try and... Lock it in. We'll try and sort some prizes. Yeah, we can do that. So you and I don't have to dig into the skyrocket. I mean, that's just ridiculous. We managed to get a mel- message from Elton last year, so we can... That was nice. That was a rocket man. Well, was very nice. Are we going to be doing rocket man again in 2022? Absolutely. I think so. Most prestigious award in the NRL. Absolutely. Coming up. Absolutely. And what, are they, what does the winner receive of rocket man? Well, we've got to find... The trophy. Well, I've, got to go, I've got to go to the mint and get another trophy made up now. Well, the bronze statue of Elton First holding his, gone. Holding his balls. His no, sorry, Nathan Cleary's got it. Nathan got it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Remember yeah. the grand final? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's right. The countback. Yeah, what a... It was almost like the judges sort of rorted the system to string out the the <laughs> um, the um voting processes for as long as they could. Well, to, it's to the grand it final means it day. goes right down to the grand final. So what did we do? We had double points, didn't we, for playoff games and then triple points for grand that's final. That's right. I like Terrific that, system. I like the way that worked out. It all went down to the last day of the season. Cracking system. Uh, Toolman still listening. He would not be onto the sobers, Toolman. So I think he'd donate the prize back because he's a half boy, functioning alcoholic. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. Oh, so do I. I reckon if you can get your job done Hmm. and still be knocking back a dozen of Bundys every night, if you can still function as a father and a husband and a breadwinner, Good as you say. Good luck to him. Turley, what's he said? Why? Is it Dykes? Yeah, no, I told you it was. He's one of them. Kay Dykes is one of the third generation players. Um, he says only a guest Hoffman, the third generation players. No, don't think so. You're talking Reese Hoffman. Well, let me look into that. I don't think so. Don't think so. Uh, so you haven't got it right now. All right, we are going to uh, take a quick break. This is high ground. It's quarter past 10 here in Sydney. So quarter past nine. Um, up there in Brisbane. Keep those text messages coming through. 0457 736 736. If you want to pick up the dog and bone and um, have your say, well, uh, you can do that too. 1300 01 1170. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, Sean from Como and uh, all the others that sent text messages through. I will get to them uh, as soon as I can. So keep them coming through. 0457 736 736. And that big question, the big cue, who were the two players at the weekend who were third-generation players. And look, you know, there may be more than two. I don't think there was. I don't think there was, all right? One is Dykes. Who was the other one? 
0457 736 736. Rocky, good evening to you, mate, my friend. Where's Rocky from? The Gold uh, Central Coast? Yeah, Gosford Way. A regular listener to us. Uh, Chris, fantastic to see the pictures from Leichhardt Oval today of the big O, Olsen Philippina's funeral. Uh, one of the greats and a man who broke down barriers will never be forgotten. Rest in power, the great man. Thank you, Rocky. Um, lovely text, mate. And I'm sure our listeners all share those sentiments as well. Um, I didn't know him. Um, I obviously saw him mm. because, uh, you know, I started watching footy oh, in the late 70s. I started playing footy when I was about 1974. But Olsen, I, one, I remember him as um, a very big man. Uh, well, big legs, <laughs> big legs, <laughs> a big heart, but uh, tree trunk legs. And I reckon Olsen, God bless him, um, he'd probably give Choppy Close a, a yeah. fair run for his money in terms of circumference of those those quadriceps. Um, but a lovely fella and, and taken way too soon. Um, so again, to the Philippina family, uh, our condolences and, and thoughts certainly, certainly with you. Thank you for that, uh, Rocky. Right, well, there's been a fair bit of news about um, in uh, recent weeks. Uh, one of them, too, also out today, as reported by, um, I think, Adam Pengilly uh, in the City Morning Herald about the a windfall for, for NRL players. We'll touch on that shortly, too. There's about another $11 million in bonuses to be shared out to the players. Are they not paid... <laughs> Are they not paid enough already? So now they're going to share out, dish out 11 mil between them, which represents, I think, a 4% immediate pay rise to all of you. So for someone on a mill like Tommy Turbs, what's that 40,000? There you go. Put that in the bank. Well, remember, they took the pay cut, Chris, oh, during the COVID pandemic as well. Oh, okay. So that windfall all right. is being returned all right. to them. I'm just, it is their money, I'm just if you think about it that way. Envious, jealous. Oh, What's the envious and jealous? What's the difference? Is one okay? Oh, Envy. No, envy is one of the seven deadly sins. So it shouldn't be envious. The negative connotations, I think. Would be the jealous? Jealous. Oh, jealousy is a normal human emotion, I think. Yes, oh, absolutely. I'm certainly any, jealous. Any, yeah, well, any single young man <laughs> would know those feelings. <laughs> you're, you, what's happened over the summer? I've you're, moved you're, in. With oh, how's it going? That's yeah. right. So we, we, you, oh. I've moved in, so you're shacked up. We're about seven weeks in to living together. Oh, I thought you meant something else. Nearly, then. nearly seven weeks into term. No, nearly tore each other's uh, oh. throats out in the first couple of weeks, but oh. it's all been uphill since then. Now you're tearing each other's yeah. clothes off, hey? I love uh, it. Your words, not mine. I love it. So your you were nearly mine. tearing each other's throats out, mm. and now you're busy tearing each other's clothes. That's beautiful stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's lovely. Oh, to be 23 oh, again. Oh, to be 23 again. Uh, now, sorry, where was I going with that? Right, so NRL players, $11 million windfall. Isn't it good when you pull up, you, you pull on a pair of jeans yeah. more, and you find a 20 buck cash in your pocket that you didn't know you had? That's exactly what's happened here. Isn't that a great feeling? Absolutely. Oh, it happened to me oh, a few days ago. I think it was only a $10 note, and it's still good. You didn't know you had it. So you can times that by about yes. a couple of thousand yes. for senior players. So Tommy Turbo is basically, oh, what? 40,000 just landed in my account. There's another fish and chip shop on the northern beaches. Oh, well, we need, we need more because the really good one at Palm Beach is being closed oh. out and demolished. Disaster. Can you believe? Oh, no. It, mate, it's, it's a big part of my life. Mm. Just to pull in there and hey, good fish and chips. Mm. Anyway, um, where was I going? Right, Money. now, what about a transfer system? Mm. So what we've heard recently, and, um, you know, Penrith have been very vocal in, in their 
um, thoughts about mm. players being poached from them and on the back of Isaiah Katoa um, being taken away from the club to go to Redcliffe. Uh, but, you know, and Brian Fletcher spoke this morning uh, about that. Um, we might play his interview a bit later on. So if you want to stick around and listen mm. to that, Fletch was on with Matty White, right? So basically, Penrith, we, we have invested a lot of time in this kid. We've invested money in this kid. And that's what our pathway system is all about, to generate our homegrown products. But you can't have your cake and eat it too because so strong and rich is the Penrith pathway system that they have got too many bloody pieces in, in the pyramid, too many players. So Isaiah Katoa can't see a path forward because it's blocked. He's a half, right? Playmaker. Can't find a way through. Right, so where you know, where does he go? Is he going to bide his time for a number of years until just a, an opportunity comes up? Um, well, no, he's not. So suddenly a player that Penrith has produced needs to go elsewhere for an opportunity. I can totally understand it from the player's point of view. No way am I hanging around, even though you have developed me. I'm not hanging around for another couple of years or more, hoping to get my shot in first grade. But I can also understand from Penrith's point of view as well. The fact that, let's say they've been nurturing this player from a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, which I know they do. And it might be a five, six-year pathway for them, which I know it is. And someone else then, you know, takes the spoils. I want something for it. I want something for it. So should there be a fee that goes to that club? for a homegrown player who can't get a start there and someone else wants him. Yes, there should be. In my opinion, yes, there should be. How that's all structured, I don't know. And it may well work into the transfer system that may be introduced. So a lot of this has all got to tie together. And uh, Andrew Abdo, uh, he has spoken about that today. Our current arrangements with the players, um, with broadcasters and with the club funding model, it moves in cycles. We're entering into a new cycle, 22. This, the end of the 22 season will represent the end of that cycle. So as we enter into the new period from 2023 onwards, we have an opportunity to have a new system in place. So I think things will be different from next year. What exactly they look like, I can't tell you just yet. So it's all tied together. It's all tied together. And that will fit with you know, a transfer system. And should other clubs be compensated uh, when someone they have raised and developed suddenly goes elsewhere? Um, so you can see two sides to the story. I, I get all that. But I think something needs to be done. If I develop something, let's say I plant a seed, a nice tree, a peach tree, and it yields this wonderful bounty of fruit 10 years down the track. And then someone comes and digs that tree up and takes it somewhere else because I've got an orchard full of these trees. <laughs> you get my point. Um, Daniel from Prairiewood, nice text. So he says, G'day, Chris. Regarding the Isaiah Katoa signing by the Dolphins, I think it's a bit rich for the Panthers to cry foul over the fact that they've lost a junior. We're talking about an NRL club that has approximately 9,000 juniors in its ecosystem of its district and satellite academies. Not all of those juniors are going to fit into an NRL squad of 30 players. What would you have Katoa do? Sit in reserve grade for the next 10 years behind Luai and Cleary, who have a mortgage on the halves positions at the Panthers. 
This is the price of being a development club. Daniel from Prairiewood. Yeah, well put, mate. Well put. I couldn't have said it better myself. So you've got your development clubs like your Penrith Panthers and you've got your recruitment clubs um, like others. Okay, so... Like Melbourne. Can I just pull you up there? Because I've heard you say two different things. I've Mm -hmm. said you think Penrith deserve to... Some sort of compensation. Some sort of compensation for developing juniors. I agree with you on that. I think Daniel is saying there that he doesn't agree with that. Right. That he thinks that's... They've fallen into a nice position where they have more players coming through their junior pathway system than, say, the Sydney Roosters, Mm. and therefore they shouldn't be compensated for that. Well, I disagree. 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 Uh, It's not our Uh, fault. Well, it's not our fault that we have such a great pathway system with so many people, youngsters, turning into quality footballers because we have built those. Mm. You know, it's like a successful business. We we suddenly have so much produce, a farmer. Someone has to pay for that. Well, that would be my answer to Daniel. And Daniel's put forward a very good point there. I can see where he's coming from. But the point I would make counter to that is exactly what you've said there. It's not a coincidence that Penrith have the strongest junior system, I would say, in the competition at the moment. And the Roosters have gone about trying to expand what is a smaller um, sort of junior comp that they have. They've created a connection with the Central Coast. They're trying to expand that footprint. But someone like Souths, they, you know, mm. they've not, they're, they're not got a bounty full of players coming through. So it'd be interesting to see if an incentivized system, like a trade system, like they have over in the States, or a transfer system. I'm not sure how a transfer system in terms of cash would work in terms of a salary cap competition because you wouldn't be able to reinvest that fee mm. in your squad unless, say, you were allowed to invest 50% or so of the cash that was paid to you for certain players. But, yeah. You see, they, they tried to, and I don't know if they still brought if it still exists, but a number of years ago, they gave clubs dispensation in the salary cap for a long-term player. Let's say well, a player a who's it. a decade-long player. Let's say an Adam Reynolds, yeah. right? Uh, and I, I, I think it was a token amount, though. Mm. I can't remember what the figure was, but righto, you've developed Adam Reynolds, Redfern local, Redfern junior. Um, he's been with you for 10 years mm. now. As a reward for, for that, mm. as a development, we will shave, and I can't remember what it was off the salary cap. Mm. But you're allowed, he, only, it wasn't enough. Only anyway. 80% of his contract goes towards the salary Something cap. like that. Something like that. But it wasn't enough, enough of, an, of an inducement. Right. Um, otherwise, hence, he probably would stay there now. He wouldn't have gone to Brisbane. Can I, last point before we move on from this, would you like there to be certain windows for player movement on I the think back so. of this rather than having the 12-month-a-year so, yes. saga that we have at the moment? Yes, and it probably is a different discussion again, but yeah. I, I, I think we should have a couple of weeks, maybe two windows of tra- we can we can wheel and deal now. Because I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it actually sort of after the third state of say, a trade deadline sort of after the third state of origin yeah. as teams are coming in the run home. It means that teams that were out of contention, like the Bulldogs, could could sell off players that were would be potentially helpful to a club. And the example I heard used of this for this system was Josh Hodgson, who is currently rumoured to be unhappy mm. at the Raiders. If the Raiders are outside well outside the top eight come 
the end of that Origin 3. Suddenly he becomes an asset for them, whereas he would just play out the season at the Raiders, as the system is now, whereas mm. you could have clubs like Penrith, like the Roosters, like Rabbitohs, competing for his services, mm. and then to compensate the Raiders for their loss, they give them two, three of their best promising young players in return. Yeah, well, something like that. I I, I see some merit in that. Mm. I, I find the transfer window in the AFL quite difficult to follow because I'm not a rusted on AFL yeah. fan. I find it quite, oh, it gives me a migraine actually. You know, well, the other thing with the AFL we'll is... We'll have number two pick here, well, a number 16 pick there, 48 pick there, and uh, $130,000. Yeah, what? Well, I think the fact that we wouldn't have a draft system alongside it would actually be a strength. I'm mm. not a fan of the draft. I, I think clubs should be responsible for bringing up their own juniors. I'm a bigger fan of that model that yeah. the NRL have at the moment. Look, and, and well done, Penrith, for implementing yes. this, well... Five-year, ten-year plan. Gus Gould had a fair bit to do with that as well. But you know what? They've always had the strongest nursery. Parramatta has always had a really strong development. But had trouble nursery. retaining those players. But also, yeah, they they would leave. They would leave. But yeah, you know, it's not Penrith's fault that they've got a surplus of talent. It's well, you only had to have a look at the weekend, and you know they feel, particularly second half, they feel that a team that hadn't not many of the names we knew at all. Really, yeah. some of them. And they just slotted straight in. So, you know. Um, it means better run clubs will gain a bigger advantage because they'll have better scouts. They'll be looking at other clubs and their youngsters and thinking, okay, who can we pick up here? That, like a Reese Walsh that so, has flown <clears throat> under the radar at the club they're currently at. Let, let, yeah. And let's let's do another analogy, right? Let, let's put it in sort of a bit of economics here. Mm. Let's say we are a farmer and it's a produce and it's 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 apples or pears or whatever it is, right? And we suddenly have this this raging success, um, and we have got so much surplus stock. What do we do with it? Well, what they would do with it, then they'd often flood the market, mm. and it brings the prices down of that stock. Yeah. So there's that way to look at it too by Penrith developing all these players. Um, providing some opportunities for other mm. clubs to get them. But I still think they should be rewarded for yeah. what what they've done. What Couldn't they've done. Yeah. All right. Uh, this, again, Daniel's been back in touch. Uh, as a Storm fan and member, Melbourne developed and brought through the Bromwich brothers and uh, Kafusi via their pathways. All three are on their way to the Dolphins. Well, hang on. I'm not so sure. And correct me, Daniel, um, if, if I'm wrong. Um, I don't think they were part of their junior development system. And I'm pretty sure they weren't because there's only a handful of players that are actual local juniors that came through. Um, Mahe Fanua was one of them and there's a couple of others. But anyway, either way, uh, all three are on their way to the Dolphins. Storm don't lose players they want to keep and have prioritised other players in their list, namely Munster and Grant. There was nothing stopping the Panthers re-signing Isaiah Katoa. Instead... Penrith went to market and signed Sean O'Sullivan and also Jamin Sal- Salmon as halves. Uh, Mr. Brian Fletcher conveniently glossed over that fact. So thanks, Daniel. Yeah, so what, the point you're making is that clubs make choices. Um, and if they really want to keep a player, they will. Inev- inevitably, they will. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line if you want to have your say. Uh, good evening, Mark. How are you? Hey, Boys, how are you? I've just finished uh, 16 hours, mate, oh, on my way home. Good on you. Proper work. And uh, 
I say what, my favourite player, Tyrell Sloan, this kid is a gun, mate. Yeah. He's a gun. Yeah. He's going to be the best player in St George Illawarra's 20 years history. It's a big call. I'm telling you. It's a big call, Mark, but you've, you've seen a lot of him. We saw you know, we saw what he could do last year and uh, burst onto the scene. Yeah, he, he's an excitement machine, no doubt about it. And there's a few youngsters coming through at the Dragons. Um, I like it. It's, it's, it's a balanced squad. Yeah. I, 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 the thing with this young Tyrell is not just his maturity as a young man, if you get, if you do yourself a favour, get to interview the kid. Yeah. Or also, see the podcast that uh, Jake Duke did with him. Yeah. And the kid's outstanding. He, he's just so mature, um, and he's not going to be intimidated by other factors. Um, yeah, just outstanding. And I, I like what uh, we've got a lot of forward depth. They're not all out there top of their game, but um, yeah, there's going to be some blokes miss out. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, no, good. I, I like the, like the squads um, you've assembled. So, he'll, he'll be he'll be first choice number one, you'd think, wouldn't, wouldn't he, Sloan? Do you reckon that'll be his position to lose? Oh, well, there, there, was, there was ridiculous talk about Ramsey, but mm. Cody, you know, Cody's Cody. He's just a, a kid from the bush trying his best, but Sloan's just a just mm. out and out talent. Well, they they shared the role, didn't they? They shared they shared the position pretty much at the weekend, I think, and that might be a, a, a new trend that we might see this year, given the the importance of the fullback role. You may well see, I think, a couple of clubs or more um, sharing it sharing it around. Like, for example, Canberra, they've got a nice dilemma to have with um, Xavier Savage, isn't it? With Sean's Nickel Cook start as well. Um, so you never, never know. Mate, what, what, what was your thoughts on the uh, Fui Mayono incident? Be, be honest, I, look, I'm a Dragons fan, yeah, you know, but yeah. I, I didn't look at the tackle and go, oh, hip drop. I, I, I don't even know what a hip drop is. No. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, watching the game, I know what a head-eye tackle is. Yeah, exactly. I know what a tackle is, um, uh, uh, you know, when they get yeah. them in the back of the calf. Yeah. Um, uh, a crusher, yeah, but a hip drop. Cannonballs. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to really line up a lot of things to do a hip drop properly. And mm. then knowing that it's his um, sister's boyfriend, like, uh, nah, uh, uh, look, but it is what it is. But, yeah, you know. All right, mate. Yeah, oh, well, thanks for calling, Mark. You've had a long day. Um, proper job, proper job out there. We uh, appreciate your call. Uh, drop into uh, the higher ground uh, late night league lounge anytime you like, my friend. Makes um, a good point there, but look out for uh, Tyrell Sloan, hey? He reckons he's going to be the best player in the Red V uh, merger, that is, mer- merger uh, history. Uh, stick around, keep those texts coming. 0457 736 736. Uh, is that text line. Well, we've pretty much soaked up uh, most of the show with rugby league, which is a damn good thing. What do you think up the back there? What, what's wrong with you? like it up the back of the league? Yeah, see? See? It's morphing. It's morphing. It's, it's morphing close, back it? from your late yeah. night sports bar to you, your late night league lounge. Mm. All right? It's slowly coming back around how it probably should be. But I did say we're going to talk some cricket, and we're going to do that next. 
All righty, time to talk uh, a bit more cricket now and uh, joining us to do just that. Uh, he's uh, joined the program on a number of occasions, also has joined us many times on Sports Central. Cricket podcaster, he's a cricket writer, he's a producer. There's not much he can't do, this fella, uh, a cricket commentator as well. Andrew Menzel from Cricket Unfiltered joins us. Good evening, Andrew. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks for that kind introduction. That's the least I can do. You're a very talented man. Uh, Let's just pump each other's tyres up and and everything will be be great. It's been a long summer, hasn't it? I I guess we can, well, it's not officially over, the the Aussie summer of cricket. Um, But the T20 series draws to an end. Uh, For my liking, it probably dragged on a little too long and it was nice to see. Um, I don't like hearing myself say this, but nice to see Sri Lanka come up with the, the win in the final match. Yeah, definitely um, a little consolation win there for Sri Lanka at the end. Australia just falling a, a bit short, batting first and not making quite enough runs, making 154 in Sri Lanka, getting it in a tight chase. Uh, so good for them to get a win. I sort of agree with you. I think this series has kind of just sort of gone on in the background, it seems. Um, you know, a lot of players resting, uh, uh, mm. sort of, you know, not a lot of context around the series, just sort of building up to a World World Cup. So, yeah, it probably hasn't set, got everyone going, but still some, some good combinations in a very good series for Josh Inglis. I think he's probably the, the big talking point afterwards. Well, there's English, you're right. Um, and there's another player that's you know, trying to squeeze his way into this T20 team, looking ahead, I'm, I'm talking about, um, for the World Cup later in the year, and that's Ashton Agar. Um, our middle order is pretty much fixed, isn't it? It's hard to see him being squeezed into the team, unless, of course, Steve Smith was to make way, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, that's one option. They could maybe drop Steve Smith. <laughs> I'm going to get the um, listeners upset saying that, but maybe they could add Drop Smith and, you know, move every everyone up one. Stoinis, Wade goes up one and then Agar slots in behind. Mm. But I think they've shown in the past, they, they want this combination of four bowlers and some more rounders. Mm. And I, I'm just not sure Agar's good enough with the bat to be classified as an all-rounder. Mm. But still, um, he's certainly bowling really well. I don't think he conceded a boundary all series. So he's, he's putting together a compelling case. So then if do you envisage them, but there being any changes then to the world cup winning side for the, for the upcoming world cup? I think the selectors have shown that they want to try and stick with the same mm. side, but I have to say that the form of Aaron Finch is concerning. Yeah, He's certainly sliding in both 50 over and 20 over cricket for a, a couple of years now. He, in patches, he performs really well, but it feels like at the moment he's probably not quite in our best six T20 batters when you look at plays like Inglis and um, uh, you know other mm. plays like Ben McDermott knocking on the door. Um, you know, Finch's form is a concern. Well, you know, your locks are Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, Zampa, right? Um, you've got Matt Wade, Maxwell, Stoinis, Mitch Marsh. They're almost locks too, aren't they? So what does Absolutely. that give us? That's four and four is eight. We've got three more. Um, Steve Smith. So, yeah, that's right. That's exactly. So, you know, Smith, um, Finch, do they go with an Inglis um, or another mm. spinner like Agar? So I, I think it's, you know, how gutsy does George Bailey want to be? Are they going to back Finch in till the World Cup or are they going to maybe start to think about moving him out of the side? Mm. Um, 
and and the other one, Smith. Smith does bat well on Australian pitches and in Australian grounds because they're big grounds and he can sort of manoeuvre the ball into the gaps for a lot of twos. So Smith, you know, he'll be a, a good player in the World Cup if they pick him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 12 doesn't go into 11. Well, and I don't, I don't think you need to say, look, you'll put a lot of noses out of joint by suggesting Smith might go here. I think a lot of our listeners would probably agree, if I judge from some of the texts we receive, that, you know, um, his days in white ball cricket may well be over. So, I mean, that might be the way it goes going forward. Righto. Um, all righty. So, I mean, the, the general, we probably both agree that it went a little bit too long with Sri Lanka, but it, it was nice to see them get that uh, consolation victory in the end. Um Test cricket, the Ashes, you know, very, very successful, uh, a raging success for us, really. Uh, but two of the biggest stories of the summer, um, I guess, were, were off the pitch, weren't they? Justin Langer resigning as head coach, almost pushed out the door. Um, and, of course, Tim Payne uh, relieved of his duties as well. There have been plenty of storylines for you cricket journos. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, a... I mean, you're right. I mean, there's been a lot of change this summer, Obviously, far too much speculation about Justin Langer. It just dominated too many of the headlines. And I think Cricket Australia will look back at the way they handled it and think that it should have been handled quicker so it didn't take over the spotlight. And the Tim Payne one just came out of nowhere. Um, you know, it's a few journos that heard whispers of it. But all of a sudden, a couple of weeks before the Ashes, he's gone. So incredible stuff. Um, but I, I was sort of reflecting on the summer and... Actually, it feels to me like this is one of the most disappointing summers in the last few years. The Ashes was, was good because Australia did well, but we didn't see many you know, cracking test matches. It was a bit of a, mm. a just a palmy bashing um, fest, festival. And then the other, the, the women's cricket was probably the strongest. The women's Ashes and the series against India were highlights, but the big bash didn't do too much. Uh, the, mm. the domestic cricket hasn't really taken off. It's just been a very strange summer. Obviously, COVID has played into that. But, yeah, I think we'll need a bounce back next year. Mm. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask too, do you think the scheduling needs to maybe be looked at? Um, maybe there needs to be a bit of a restructure on international um, series. For example, the Sri Lanka standalone 5T20 series, it, it lacked a fair bit of, um, I don't know, it was lacklustre. Do you think we need to have multi-format series only um, for the men? So what was that? What multi-format. I mean, rather than just coming out here and, and playing a T20s, we, we we put in um, you know, some tests as well, if possible, while the tourists are out here. Or or do you think these these short tours can stay on their own two feet? Look, these short tours are very difficult to sell, but I really mm. like the idea of some multi-format series against some nations like Sri Lanka. They come out here and it's a point system like the Women's Ashes and you play them in all three formats. Mm. And that gives a broad context to the game. So, you know, the the, the game at you know, 7 o'clock on a Friday night that no one's watching, mm. all of a sudden there's points up for grabs and people are interested. So I like that idea, um, and I think it could really work. Um, I just think generally with the scheduling, there's so much cricket. It feels like we rarely see Australia's best white ball team, and, and spectators aren't silly. You know, if there are six or seven players resting, it does take away from the contest. Absolutely, yeah. All right, looking ahead then, uh, talking to Andrew Menzel from uh, Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. Um, so we head off to Pakistan, first time in a long, long time. 
24 years, I think it is. We haven't toured anywhere for a few years either. How confident are you going into this this tour of Pakistan? A, in terms of results for us on the pitch, and, and I guess B, too, um, off the pitch in terms of um, you know safety and security. Look, I'm no security expert, but I will only be sure they're going when I see the plane taking off on the news because until then, you know, they could pull out at the last minute. We saw England pull out, you know, a couple of days before their tour to Pakistan um, uh, uh, last year. So, uh, look, I won't believe Australia's going until I see it. And, you know, there is still a possibility that some players could pull out over the next period before they go. Um and then on the field, I'm not sure what to expect, Chris, because Australia mm. hasn't toured overseas at all, really, since the Ashes in 2019. Uh, a lot of our players have done well in home conditions, but you'd expect that. And this will be a, a very different test against a you know, really good bowling lineup. Shaheen Afridi is a very good left-arm mm. quick bowler for Pakistan. Yazir Shah is a great leg spinner. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised if we get towed up over there by Pakistan. Mm. They might, um, you know, reverse the result from when they were here two seasons ago and we'd smash them. Um, but, mm. look, look, this team by Cummins, it's their first test. They've, they've got rid of the coach. They've got the coach they want, the, the more easy coach who won't um, yell at them when they get smashed in Pakistan. <laughs> So um, let's see how they go. Yeah, softly, softly. Yeah, I mean, as you're right in saying, this this is the real test, mate. This is the real test for this Aussie uh, Aussie team. It'll be totally different to playing England um, out here on, on our our decks. You mentioned um, the big bash. You know, not not setting um, setting records this year. I mean, we're tumbling audiences as well, tumbling attendances. Is there a quick fix to the BBL um, to save the tournament that we you know, look back a few years was such a raging success? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say I am a huge fan of the Big Bash, but this year I was not really interested. I watched some mm. of the games. A lot were just on in the background. And for me to say that, that means the competition's in trouble because I'll watch any cricket, but this didn't grab my imagination. And I think they're going to have to get creative to try and honour the TV deal for the next two seasons. Mm. You know, I think that's why they're floating the idea of adding two teams. It could be an experiment and a way of, you know, shortening the number of rounds per team, but having those extra two teams come in to make up the games that they've signed on to do mm. with Fox Sports. And, and each game's worth basically a million bucks. So they're going to play them, Chris. They're not going to mm. give back that money to to um, the networks. So it's just mm. a matter of how they do it. And I actually don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, just try Canberra and Gold Coast for two years. If they don't go well, the next TV deal comes along, you give them a punt. Mm. Can you see Channel 9 uh, getting back all the rights to cricket at some point in the future? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's clear Channel 7 doesn't want the big bash at the end of this deal. And I just think the legacy left by the the administrators that negotiated this TV deal is an awful one. They've really left cricket in a, a diabolical position. They upset Channel 10 to the point that they were, you know, so upset at the end of the negotiations, they never want to deal with Cricket Australia again. Um, you know, Channel 9 were upset as well. Uh, so, you know, Cricket Australia's legacy from that last TV deal is bad. They've upset their, the other networks, and the network they didn't upset doesn't want them anymore. So um, you might you might see it on a streaming service, Chris. 
Well, I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but you know, those in charge of Cricket Australia, they've 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 got a few things to answer for, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, I mean, the, the the person that negotiated that TV deal was marched out of Cricket Australia. Mm. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean. Uh, but subsequent to that, I mean, we, you know, we've had we've, we've spoken about the Tim Payne stuff, and we've spoken about the Justin Langer stuff, and there's been other stuff as well. Anyway, we haven't got time to, to, to waffle on too much. Mate, I appreciate you joining us and and taking us through all that, men, as I really do. Um, and we'll talk soon. So thanks for joining us, mate, on on higher ground. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to next summer. There he is, Andrew Menzel. Um, well, I guess drawing a line under the Aussie summer of cricket. Still plenty of cricket to come, of course. And uh, I know we're all looking forward to that tour of Pakistan. But as Menes says there, that will be our biggest test yet. There's that music. You know what that means. That's the uh, come on under here. This is the mash, the mash tent, the mash tent. Not too many under the mash tent. So far, because the season hasn't really started, we've uh, only had the uh, All-Stars match and then the weekend, first weekend of the pre-season trials and the big casualty. And again, uh, we really feel for Parramatta winger Hayes Dunster. He's been ruled out for the season. Uh, A knee injury, a horrible knee injury after that hip drop tackle um, from Dragons forward Tyrell Fui Mayono. Um, He was placed on report, Fui Mayono. And uh, he's looking at about five weeks, I think, five to maybe even more, five to seven weeks on the uh, the sideline. So uh, scans have revealed that Dunster uh, ruptured his anterior, medial and posterior ligament. So basically, I think that's all three. Um, not good at all. So our thoughts uh, go out to Hayes and... I don't know him, but he's been on this show. You know, he, he sounds like a really nice young fella. Uh, elsewhere, Dragon Centre, Max Finay. Uh, he was forced off an ankle injury in the trial um, yesterday. Uh, Bronco star Adam Reynolds. It looks like he'll be sitting out his club's final trial match against the Cowboys coming up next weekend and save for the season proper due to soreness in his legs. Uh, no other major injury news to bring you out of the weekend. Now, the question I was posing, um, the first edition of the big Q, the big quiz here on, we're going to do it Mondays, aren't we? We're going to do it Mondays on higher ground. So uh, listeners, I know it's a bit late. You probably haven't got your thinking caps on, but if you can think of a better segment title uh, than the big Q, uh, feel free to send mm. them through. Okay, send them through. The question was, I wanted to know, and there's a bit of a, uh, well, a bit of a spanner's been thrown in the works here. A bit of a spanner's been thrown in the works. The question was, I said, I want the names of the two players from the weekend preseason trials who are third-generation players, i.e. their father played first grade and so did their grandfather. I said there were two, and I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. I think there were three. Well, listen, at least I admit when I'm wrong. Well, no, no, no. And no, I that's... did say no. I did say in the sub. You did. In this fine print, I did say there could be more than two. Disclaimer. A disclaimer. Yeah. So, I'm not wrong. And now there are. Now there are. We believe. So, the first that I came up with was Kay Dykes. Yep. Dad Adam. 221 NRL games for Cronulla and Parramatta. Uh, Adam's dad, John Dykes. In the 70s, he played for the Roosters, Souths, Cronulla and Penrith. Mm. Then, Jamie Humphreys. Yes. 
His dad, Stephen, is the chief executive at Manly. And he played a few seasons in the 80s for Balmain, right? Stephen Humphreys. His father was, of course, the late Kevin Humphreys, former chairman of the New South Wales Rugby League. Uh, and through the 70s, uh, he was chairman through the 70s. He, all, he played for Balmain uh, through the 50s, did Kevin Humphreys. So Kay Dykes and Jamie Humphreys, the other one. And this has been pointed out to me by Sean. And Sean, thank you. And well done. That case of sober mm. will be going to Sean. Right. If he's not wrong. <laughs> but he's right. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Daniel from Prairiewood. I'm going to come back to Sean in a moment. Daniel from Prairiewood just chimed in. KL Iro, K Dykes. Jamie Humphreys, Billy Walters, Kyle Flanagan, Nick, Nick O'Mealy, Tyron Wishart, Maverick Colgire were second and third generation players that ran out across the weekend in the first. Well, hang on. How are they third generation players? He says second and third there, Chris, to be fair to him. Second and third. Yeah. Only yeah. K Dykes is a third generation yeah. out of those names. Right. And Jamie. Hmm? And Jamie. Oh, okay. Yes. He's and got he's Jamie got in Jamie there. Jamie in there as well. So Daniel's right, correct as well. But. Daniel's answered the question I put to them. So Daniel's got Kay Dykes and Jamie Humphreys. So well done here. Well done, Daniel. Well done. However, however, I think the case of Sober should be going, should be going to Sean because Sean has rightly pointed out and the only query here is, I'm not quite sure whose father. Now, Zach Fulton played a brief oh, stint at the, at the weekend. Now, Zach name. Fulton, I'm pretty sure his dad's Brett, mm. heavy in the recruitment at Manly and coaching at Manly. Mm. And Brett played a couple of games for Manly in mid-90s. He might be Scott's young bloke. I'm not sure, see? But Scott played 40 or 50 games for yeah. Manly. And, of course, their dad was the great Bob Fulton. Mm. So it looks like we do have three from the weekend. Kay Dykes, Jamie Humphreys, and Zach Fulton. All right, time now to uh, continue our uh, season previews. We've been doing it club by club. Who have we done so far? We've done the Eels. We've done uh, the Raiders. We've done the Roosters. Last weekend, uh, we did the Dragons. And tonight, uh, we continue uh, our season previews and we focus on Cronulla Sharks. Joining us is host of Sharkcast Podcast. And his name is Sam Shinazi, who joins us now. Good evening, Sam. How are you, mate? Hey, Chris. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, a lot of hype around this uh, this team, the Sharkies, this year. Um, I'm listening to Joel Kane, and he's already got them locked into the top eight. What's the feeling around the Shire? Yeah, I think that's realistic. It might take a few weeks to gel, new coach, new players, but I think we're definitely in for a interesting year, and I think the next two or three years under Coach Fitzgibbon, it's going to be a pretty good ride. What do you think uh, Fitzgibbon brings to the team most? Um, obviously, it's a it's a positive for the club, but what do you think will will change the most? I think it's attitude and and the way they do things. If you look at the past coaches at the club, all who did a good job in their own way, so you had Ricky Stewart, then you had Shane Flanagan, then you had John Morris. They all kind of learnt 
under the school of Ricky Stewart, I guess. They all had a very similar style, similar attitude. I think Fitzgibbon brings in just something completely fresh that we haven't seen down here for a long time. Not to say the guys in the past did a, a bad job at all. One of them even you know, mm. broke the glass and got us a premiership. But I think that it's just time for a change. And I think Fitzgibbon's young. Uh, he's experienced at a, at a lower level. But, I mean, we're, aside from the storm, if I'm picking a coach... Mm. And a coach from their systems, uh, the Roosters are unbelievable. So Yeah, no, absolutely. You talk about youth as well there, and uh, we saw quite a few of them on show over the weekend. Yeah, you lost you know, lost pretty heavily to the Panthers, but it's not really about the scoreline, yeah. is it? Um, you know, one of those youngsters um, was Kay Dykes, uh, uh, son of a gun yeah. of, uh, of Adam. How did, he, how did he fare? I didn't see the game in full. He was probably the best player out there for us. He's a right? very young fullback. Um, if you imagine Adam Dykes with maybe two feet on him, maybe, and that's that's Cade, and, and he's he's going to be, I'm not going to say he's going to be a star, but he's going to be a first grader at some point. Mm. Uh, very clever fullback, and, and he did really good out there. In, in stifling heat, uh, he was probably our best player. A couple of other sons of guns, if you like. Um, um, Kevin Iroh's young boy was out there, so too was Simon Wolford's young fella. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it's just a nice feel. If you throw in Craig Fitzgibbon, his dad obviously coached mm. with great success here in the late eighties. So uh, it's definitely a feel good year for the Sharks, mm. which is, which is important for the fans and the community. Well, I think people look at, you know, not just the, the new coach, but also the roster turnover that you've got there. And that's why there is a, a fair bit of optimism um, around the, uh, the Shire. Uh, Nico Hines is probably, you know, the biggest name that you've brought to the club. Um, and he's a player that, that is certainly on the rise. Um, and Cam McGuinness as well, who, who pretty much missed all of last season. How are those two looking? Yeah, I, I mean, Cam's been at the club for over half a year. He, he mm. came from the Dragons. They let him go. and We just took him and he's been training with us for, for half a year. And he's unbelievable as a trainer and as a, as a leader. And everything I've heard about Nico Hines is the same. He's, he's a lot younger, but he's he's just got this great, mature attitude that he got from the Storm. If you throw in Dale Finucane as well, Chris, uh, they're looking pretty mm. good in the middle because the middle was a problem. We, we've leaked the most points, I think, over the past two years. So that's not the Cronulla that got success in 2016. So I think that uh, Dale Finucane and Cam McInnes in particular are going to shore up that middle. Mm. And Wade Graham, where, where are we up to with him? Um, will we see Wade get back to the, the football that we know he can play? I hope so. I really do. He's one of the favourite sons down here and uh, he's had a lot of time off to re, to recoup from his, his head knocks. And uh, everything I hear is pretty positive. I believe he's going to be in the trial next week against the Bulldogs. And the other thing no one's really talking about is that he's off contract at the end of the year. So mm. there's lots of reasons for him to have have a big year. So hopefully, hopefully he'll have a, have a successful year. Mm. Uh, the fullback role, obviously, you know, Kay Dykes uh, played there, didn't he, at the weekend uh, in, in spurts mm. there. But Will Kennedy, he had, a, he had a wonderful year last year. Gee, I thought he came on in, in leaps and bounds. Do you expect him to be, uh, to lock in the number one jersey for the full full term of the season? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think that his season was so strong last year that uh, he can't be denied. I think Nico Hines, when we bought him, there was a little bit of speculation that he might play fullback, but uh, Will Kennedy's made that his own. He he led the try assists for us. He led the line break assists. He scored the equal most tries. He had a breakout year 
and hopefully he can just keep on rising. I mean, you, you're only as good as your last season, but I do believe he'll be the, the number one moving forward for sure. You've got a few players like Wade, but also a couple of other players um, soaking up a fair chunk of the Sharky salary cap. Um, the likes of Matty Moylan, who we know has been really injury prone over the last couple of seasons, uh, if not more. Um, Andrew Fafita also soaking up a fair chunk of, of the cap as well. Um, what do you think this year holds for Matty Moylan, firstly? I think that Matt Moylan will start in the halves. I think he'll be a starting half this year for us in round one. Uh, he signed a one-year extension for less money. So he's still on very mm-hmm. good money, but it's not the crazy money he was on. So he's off contract, essentially. And he loves it down there, and, and they love him. I mean, Craig Fitzgibbon let go of a lot of guys last year who had big names and big contracts. And he kept Matt Moylan because Moylan has an attitude that maybe – you don't see outside the bubble, but he's a he's a pretty good trainer and a pretty good leader now. So uh, the big thing with him, Chris, is injuries. If he can mm. stay injury-free, I think that he'll have a fine year. Mm. I think that Andrew Fafita will farewell the club, and I'm guessing he'll farewell the game. Uh, I'm not sure how many games he'll play. Hopefully it's, it's as many as his body can kind of mm. adjust to. But uh, he had a pretty good all-star hit out two weeks ago, and... Uh, He's a favourite down here amongst the fans, so hopefully I'll give him a good send-off if that's what happens. Yeah, and I think we all, whether you're a Sharks fan or not, you know, you've seen what Matty Moylan's gone through, and we saw, you know, we saw what he could do at Penrith, but since, you know, and then coming to Cronulla, he's just been beset by injuries. I think we all hope that he can um, stay injury-free and and bring the best out of Matty Moylan this year, because I think that, if that happens, well, my goodness, I think you're a really, really good chance of, of... not just making the eight, but going further. Uh, I'm talking to Sam Shinazi. Uh, used to work with Sam at Fox Sports many, many years ago. Um, gee, you've got good memory to, to bring that up. Righto, Sam. Um, so, finally, what is a successful yeah. year for the Sharks in 2022? I think they need to make the eight. I think there's no reason why they can't. And uh, it'll take a few weeks to gel with, with the new team and the new structures. But they've got a good team. Uh, a young coach who's hungry, and I think importantly, we're coming home to play at Cronulla. We haven't played at Cronulla for two years due to um, the Leagues Club being rebuilt. So yeah, round, round two, isn't it, against the Gold Coast? Against the Eels. Eels. The Eels. More so, so I think that'll be a really good advantage for them they haven't had for two years, and I, I think that if they can finish sixth or seventh, that'll be a really good year to build on moving forward. All right, mate. Well, good luck with it all. Thanks for joining us, Sam, on Higher Ground. Uh, up, up, Cronulla, eh? Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for your time. Well, that just about does it for me. Uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Thank you also uh, to the Mad Russian. Great to be back on board with you, my friend. Uh, I will be back on Wednesday for another edition of Higher Ground. I hope to see you then. That will all kick off from 10pm. Uh, until then, take care. Keep smiling.